I'm Scott Kerr, and you're listening to Facing the Giants, a podcast where I speak to today's luxury entrepreneurs about taking on the Goliaths of the industry. My guest today is Natalie Dion, founder and creative director of Tally Paris, a Paris-based Echo Design luxury handbag brand whose products are made of upcycled fine leathers and innovative materials like cactus and salmon. Founded in the midst of a pandemic, Tally reinvents the code of the new bourgeoisie and is conceived as a brand oriented towards sustainability in every phase of its design, production, and distribution. Natalie, who previously worked for years in the luxury and advertising industries and is passionate about textile innovation, takes a very holistic approach to making her products sustainable and as close as possible to the goal of a circular economy. Her work has been featured in Elle, Vogue, Madame Figaro, Cosmopolitan, Harper's Bazaar, and others. Welcome, Natalie. Hi, Scott. Thank you so much for joining me on uh, Facing the Giants, the first show. Well, my pleasure. Happy to be here. I'm curious, where did you get the name Tally for the name of the brand? So basically, it was back in March uh, 2020. Um, it was our first uh, lockdown in Paris, uh, and I was uh, looking for a brand name. I, I knew I wanted to launch this brand a couple of months earlier, but uh, I didn't have uh, my my mindset on a name. And uh, I put a couple of, I scribbled a couple of names uh, on a piece of paper and then had my my Milan partner uh, look at it. And, and Tally was one of the name I had written down because my father used to call me Tally uh, from, from Natalie, right? Yes. Uh, an endearing nickname. <laughs> yes. And um, so I, I looked into, um, I mean, I googled the name Tally, and then I found the uh, origin of the name. Um, and I discovered a very pretty story. Uh, Tally was the eighth daughter of Zeus. And uh, the word uh, Tally in, in ancient Greek means uh, Talia, um, and it's the flourishing. So Tally was actually mm-hmm. a muse uh, by whom nature uh, flourished and uh, she brought beauty to the world. And um, I found a lot of uh, sculptures and paintings also from Tali from the Renaissance period. And uh, you can actually find in the Three Graces the representation of Tali, mm. uh, which later became uh, one of the three, uh, three Graces, if you I've seen some of those paintings yeah. around museums worldwide. Yeah. So, um, and then um, it was a funny story because uh, the story was getting more and more interesting about this tally. As you were and, killing uh, off more layers. Exactly. And so um, in back in Paris in March 2020, we couldn't go out uh, more than a kilometer and for an hour daily uh, on a daily walk. So I live in uh, Paris 16th area, which is mm-hmm. uh, really rich in um, heritage and beautiful architecture. It's yep. a very quiet uh, neighborhood. And uh, I found um, there's, there was this beautiful uh, Bas-relief of 1938 from Janio, the French sculptor, mm-hmm. um, at the Palais de Tokyo, which is a, a short walk from my home. And it said uh, on this Bas-relief, Tali was written uh, in big as uh, Janio had sculpted a representation of the children of Zeus and Tali was one of the muse. And so it was like, wow. <laughs> this was meant to be. It was meant to be exactly. So this is how the name Tally uh, came about, and we all loved it, of course. Can you talk a little bit about your background prior to launching Tally Paris? 
Sure. So my background, um, I have been working in the fashion industry for about uh, now close to 20 years. Um, I was a creative director for, for global fashion brands. Um, I'm form formally trained as a fashion designer, although I have um, mainly worked as a uh, creative uh, team manager and uh, I was always pretty much hands-on. I have over the past uh, seven years I consulted with luxury brands and more specifically since 2014 in the uh, development of sustainable uh, ready-to-wear collection um, when the uh, the market was uh, shifting to, to more um, eco-conscious collections and I, I have been uh, based in Paris since 2002 although I was um, I was also working for a couple of years as an expat so I had the pleasure mm -hmm. to experience working in Shanghai for one year. Um, I was also based for a little while in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. And then a couple of months uh, also, I, I lived in LA, but I, it's, it's always very interesting uh, to experience fashion from a different perspective in a different country. So what inspired you to launch a sustainable luxury handbag brand? How did that whole thing come about? What problem did you see in the luxury marketplace that wasn't being served? Well, as I said, I mean, I had worked on the development of ready-to-wear collection, but I could see that there was very little offer for uh, luxury handbags. And um, back in 2019, um, I had done a consulting mission uh, for a large French group, uh, and they wanted to uh, actually develop a collection of recycled leather handbags. So we launched one of those, and we also tested bags made of pignatex um, and I, I found that the quality of the hand feel was not as elevated as uh, what you would expect from a luxury handbag so mm -hmm. I had that desire already and then I came um, across two very very innovative material that were just uh, launching towards the end of 2019. So Tally was actually the first brand in the world to present uh, bags made of two very innovative uh, materials. And one of them is uh, the cactus uh, altar leather. And then the other one is the recycled salmon leather. And when you were designing your collection, who did you think about who your audience was? Was it you? Um, well, I guess you always design what you love. So I guess you, you're your number one client. Right. Uh, but I could see also like, um, I mean, having lived abroad and having spent most of my career in Paris, uh, I could see there was this fascination for, for Parisians and, and also like international clientele really loving uh, what Paris means as a whole for fashion. So I really imagined that uh, my collection would be um, liked by women of the world, um, maybe that had uh, experience buying from luxury brands in the past and perhaps were looking for something different. Um, I could also imagine um, women or men actually uh, who would be uh, in tune with uh, sustainable development goals and would be interested 
in true craftsmanship related to uh, working with innovative materials. And so I imagine my bags to be um, the target market in terms of age group. I mean, could be like if, if we're talking by persona would be more like 28 to 40. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we have customers of any age, so it's difficult to, uh, it's difficult to precisely define that audience. I would say it's a worldwide audience that we have uh, shipped bags in Australia, in the UK, in the USA, in Norway, Italy, France. Um, So I would imagine our audience is pretty much international. Are they looking to move away from animal leather or are they just looking to mix it up? What are you finding? I see there's a, I mean, very uh, important um, segment of the market moving towards vegan bags. Uh, Although um, having been, I mean, interviewing a lot of people in the fashion industry, especially related to luxury leather goods, um, I think there's fundamental questions uh, one needs to ask himself about the durability of those materials. So, uh, and I, I really didn't want to be like judging whether it's uh, a vegan or a non-vegan bag because I think there are still people eating meat and um, mm-hmm. we still need to use those precious materials. I would also say that so far the um, classic leather has not yet been uh, replaced in terms of uh, quality in handfield. Although uh, with the market moving more towards sustainability, there might be in the future scarcity of, of skins available. And there's other issues related to chrome tanning, uh, which needed to urgently to be taken care of. Uh, and there are also like innovative materials which require uh, less water if you are going to like ve- vegetable uh, dyes or more natural dyes. And uh, so it's really like a balance between all of those options without judgment. And I think there are many options uh, to sustainability. There's a lot of greenwashing as well. And this is where we wanted to uh, play a part in uh, leading the path toward true sustainability and innovation. The way you speak about your brand, you say, you know, we invite women of the world to feel Parisian. How does Tally do that? (laughs) <laughs> so as I said um, before, like I could ev- imagine a, um, a cl- like an international clientele uh, really in tune with uh, you know what it represents to live in Paris or to to be Parisian. And I feel like um, I mean, as a child, I was always growing up looking at um, like you know like Catherine Deneuve or Inès mm-hmm. de la Fressange and for me like those would represent like the perfect French women they were elegant they had poise they were discreet um, and so I, I was like really fascinated by by that image of the the Parisian women that you see in the like luxury campaigns right in the 80s and 90s and that inspired and- your design Exactly. So basically, I wanted to uh, be able to offer a a bit of a a glimpse of that lifestyle, which I now live because I live in Paris for so many years now. And uh, you you do have uh, daily needs if you're taking the metro, walking out, going to a cocktail, you're going to see an expo, you're traveling. So I wanted to take um, all of those um, elements on my checklist of what is a perfect tally bag. 
and what is a perfect sustainable bag because you want to have a bag that you can also uh, keep for long or you can at least uh, resell it onto a uh, second-hand platform later on. I imagine all of my uh, bags to be uh, either recycled or upcycled uh, as first materials. And then I wanted them to be light, uh, to be as well like very sensual, practical, uh, so there's a relation to the materials, um, which is very important for me. Um, I use very luxurious uh, materials, whether they are upcycled, lambskin, uh, Napa lambskin from uh, luxury, like dormant stock of the luxury industry. Mm -hmm. Or um, even if we talk about the, sal the recycled salmon leathers that have beautiful uh, scales and very rich colors. Yeah. So let's talk about your collections while we're on it. So you have right now three collections, right? You have the sushi collection, the cactus collection, and the upcycled collection. Mm -hmm. Briefly talk about each of those and, and how you discovered those materials as a replacement for animal leather. So when we first launched the uh, collection, um, it was over the period of May 2020. So basically, we, we had our first samples made of cactus, uh, some made of salmon, and, and some were upcycled. And I mean, as a first brand launching, I wanted to test um, a couple of different shapes, different material, get some feedback as well. Uh, before investing uh, further into uh, producing collections. Um, I believe this is also a process uh, where we actually, uh, we design, we use 3D design, um, we test, we pre-test on Instagram our styles and we get pre-orders and, and only the styles that are uh, making it to these uh, three uh, steps are being produced. Um, and so when I first discovered the cactus leather, um, as I said before, it was end of uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. And um, so I have approached these um, manufacturers from Mexico. Um, so the, uh, the material was uh, very, very exciting. And I have to say, uh, by far, having tested a couple of different options, cactus uh, leather or the cactus material was uh, one of the most pleasant and durable um, I have felt. Mm -hmm. And so we needed to test also its resistance and durability. And uh, as per the uh, salmon uh, leather, um, this one is uh, a very um, innovative project that was uh, launched by three French engineers based in Lyon. And uh, they wanted to collect the salmon skins from sushi restaurants. Mm. Um, and so this is how they got started. And uh, we were the first brand to actually commercialize handbags made of these uh, small skins. These discarded skins from the sushi restaurants? Yes, that's correct. So they keep the salmon skins um, in the re refrigerated, and then they are sent to the, the tannery in Lyon, and they go through a regular process of uh, um, vegetable tanning, as you would do for a regular animal leather. Right. And comes out of it like very beautiful skins, uh, which are called the squamalux, and uh, they have amazing scales and, and very beautiful colors. 
And uh, I usually try, I don't do the whole bag in this uh, salmon leather because first of all, the salmon is very thin. And so you can only use it on like very delicate parts or in patchwork, which I made uh, as a sign. I made it as a signature for a tally bag. So you can see there's a, a triangular patchwork uh, design right. on the salmon collection. What are the benefits of cactus and salmon versus animal leather besides not being animal leather? Mm -hmm. So the benefit of using cactus, I would say primarily is the um, little use of water it re requires. Um, so if you're looking at the sustainability um, criteria uh, for choosing materials, uh, of course, there's consumption of water, and then there would be the carbon footprint. Uh, and then there would be also um, not uh, ended up in uh, uh, landfills. Um, so that those were, would be the components we would be looking at. And of course, durability, because uh, if it's to do vegan bags that you need to discard after a season because they're all cracked, uh, because you've been traveling to Canada and it's too cold and it cracks your PU. Right. Uh, it's certainly not sustainable. So this is very important, the durability of materials. So with cactus, we found all of those um, components. Uh, we're just uh, not sure about the carbon footprint because we have to import at the moment this uh, material from Mexico. So not, nothing mm -hmm. is perfect. So what challenges come up during the process? Um, well, for cactus, we don't have any particular pro uh, problems. Uh, with, with the cactus, we import it. So we are like our design studio is based in Paris. Then we source our materials and we buy them and we ship them to our factories that make the, uh, the handbags in France or in Italy mainly. And uh, the salmon leather, actually the salmon program, uh, which we call the sushi collection. It's right. just easier I to love remember. The name. I just love the name. <laughs> Yeah, the sushi collection is uh, entirely manufactured in France. So the when we looked at the, the carbon footprint, we wanted the materials to be local, uh, transformation process to be local, and manufacturing is local as well. So everything is made in France. Um, this is a perfect of, example of uh, circular economy. Right. Um, so this uh, food waste going back into uh, circulation and being transformed into uh, beautiful luxury handbags made in France. I would imagine the hurdle is to make sure that this product is as good or better than an animal leather one and that it lasts as long and has the same sensual pleasure in its touch and look. So in terms of touch and maintenance, what are the discernible differences to animal leather? So I would say for the uh, cactus leather, well, first of all, the difference, I mean, it's definitely doesn't smell doesn't like prick you, And it doesn't prick your finger. No. <laughs> so um, it's, I mean, the finishings uh, are, there's a few finishings, sorry, available. Um, so you can have like more of a smooth texture or maybe like a pebble texture. So we experience uh, three different finishes uh, on our first collection. And uh, for the salmon leather, um, basically it's, it's the same. I mean, it's, there's a bit more flexibility in terms of the salmon. The, the material is not um, transformed itself, right? It's only, there's a tanning process uh, that goes after the salmon skin is collected. So it can be preserved and uh, colored. So there's uh, several steps which I could describe, but not in, in precise details. 
the salmon skin is washed and uh, and then dried and then dyed and then uh, there's a finishing coating and everything is done by hand at the moment with this marine tanner in front so it's actually um, quite a long process um, I mean because it's done by hand so in terms of right. volume it's it's still a little bit limited is it scalable is cactus and salmon leather scalable i know you know with salmon so that's a, uh, right, that's as a long as there good... are sushi restaurants there's going to be exactly uh, right there's no be... exactly exactly so the for the cactus leather it's uh, totally scalable um the only thing at the moment the material is still quite expensive um so i would say when you're thinking of scalability you would think of even even reaching the mass market Mm -hmm. But I think the price point makes it a bit tricky at the moment. Um, right. Perhaps in the future, uh, there can be more um, cactus growing and, and uh, cactus being transformed into alternative to leather. As per the salmon, I would say this is totally scalable and uh, we should actually be an example to the world uh, in terms of recuperating these salmon skins and making them into beautiful uh, accessories. So potentially it's a totally new material that we haven't really used. Although salmon uh, leather uh, was known to be used uh, even in the Inuit uh, population, uh, Northern Canada, mm -hmm. um, I believe salmon has been also uh, used in China. But the, the fact that it's collected from the sushi restaurants, I think this is pretty much an innovation. And vegan leather made from renewable mushroom leather is becoming a really hot commodity for fashion brands. You know, some designers like Stella McCartney are using mushrooms mm -hmm. as this echo alternative to leather. So why do you think it's important for us to use materials that serve more than one purpose? Well, I mean, I think there's maybe two points to be addressed. I mean, the uh, mushroom leather, I think, is certainly very, very interesting. Um, I have also uh, contacted those that make the uh, material in the U.S., right. Uh, which I believe is Michael Works. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, there's a, a conglomerate uh, being uh, supportive of this operation at the moment. Uh, we wanted to test this material because also we feel that it's very interesting that it's entirely like grown in lab, um, but the material is not yet available. So my feeling is maybe it's an innovation that is not yet ready to be released on the global market and because it takes some time to grow the uh, mm -hmm. uh the new material in the labs um i'm i'm not sure that this will be ready by end of this year yeah i think it's interesting to stay alert and it's an right. exciting time for designers as there are all these new materials uh coming to the market and what do you think the fashion and luxury industry should be doing to ensure customers can make conscious shopping decisions? I think, it, I mean, it mainly goes by educating the clientele, um, telling them about the options. Um, of course, having the, the potential to um, demonstrate in store in a physical way, um, the, uh, the touch and feel of this material is very important. And then I think more and more people are sensitive to 
uh, not over consuming, um, I, I mean, meat. So this is the number one point is, will we have as much um, meat in the future as a world population now seem to be looking at feeding uh, themselves with uh, maybe other types of proteins. And I know for, for a fact that uh, marine uh, I mean, salmon farms are actually being opened and, and worldwide uh, looking at uh, the consumption of uh, salmon potentially as a quality protein mm -hmm. uh, when the um, animal meat, classic animal meat will have perhaps diminished. These are definitely options that we should be looking at. So as an entrepreneur, building a startup involves navigating many peaks and valleys with some hard lessons along the way. What's one hard lesson you've learned in your career that you've applied to the way you approach things at Tali? Well, I, I have in my career worked for different brands. So I have, um, I've always wanted to do something like more meaningful, I, I would say. So uh, one of the, the lesson I've learned is don't waste time doing things that you don't like to do and that are not uh, going along with your like life objectives. Mm -hmm. uh, because the quicker you accelerate on following your own intuition, the better result you get feeling that you are going somewhere in your career. Well, <laughs> so I would say that's probably one of the uh, lessons learned. I mean, I didn't have any hard lesson. Um, I've had pretty positive experience of my career in the fashion industry, and I've loved every challenge. It's been a really fun ride uh, in the past uh, 20 years working for global brands and with the fast pace, the, the, the traveling and the big teams to manage. And sometimes collections work, sometimes they don't. I mean, but I, I, I have taken and compiled um, a bit of the best of all the brands I have been able to work with, and I'm applying these. Uh, strategies now to launching Tally. Yeah. So what is your vision for Tally and, and moving forward? So obviously um, for Tally, I mean, I would love to see the brand featured in top stores and um, to also develop the online business. I would also recommend consumers to shop moderately at Tally, only buy the styles they love. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's it's kind of contradictory because at the same time, you're launching a business. So you do want to be sustainable, but at the same time, you want the business to be sustain sustainable and attractive for investors so i think it's to find a balance for for both and i could see that tally could uh, be like one of the new pioneering brand and sustainable luxury made in france uh i think we haven't seen any new brand in quite some time like a new designer label make it uh beyond a couple just a couple of years in the market so there there has been some very exciting uh product launch with like super brands and super luxury brands part of big big luxury groups and giants right. um, but yeah for me it would be uh, nice to see tally grow this way and perhaps one day join one of those uh luxury group who knows absolutely is, is one of your goals also to expand your footprint into other markets like North America? So at the moment, our strategy is to um, first focus on France, Italy. Um, but because now we're connecting to marketplaces, so we, we have both like a wholesale and um, DTC model. Mm -hmm. And uh, with dropshipping uh, model, that means like being uh, connected to marketplaces like Immaculate Vegan, for example, in the UK. 
Day or L'Exception in Paris or Vond in Germany. So we've been able to open uh, quite a few points um, uh, of sale uh, online. Um, and then as per physical uh, point of sales, then we only started to uh, propose our collection to wholesale for spring 22. And uh, we have uh, first uh, buyers, key opinion leaders uh, that are, um, that are uh, interested in uh, launching, helping us to launch the brand. So we have first buyers in the US, um, also in, um, in the UAE, uh, will be present on uh, Bloomingdale's um, with Altair's group. So if my listeners want to check out the Tali collection, where should they go? So we have our website, uh, taliparis.com, T-H-A-L-I-E, Paris, P-A-R-I-S.com. Uh, where you can actually visit. We have two VR spaces. One is the VR showroom where you can see the collection. And uh, there's beautiful 3D design uh, furniture by uh, designer Fabrice Osset. And uh, we also created in collaboration with Atelier 7 Sven, uh, their London-based designer. Um, we have this VR showroom um, with a virtual exposition of 16 black bags, either recycled or upcycled. And uh, we wanted to explore androgyny and fashion with these black bags. So we collaborated with a French photographer mm -hmm. um, named Frédéric Monceau, who's uh, now having a momentum, I guess, is <laughs> to start uh, Dua Lipa. And uh, he's, oh, been, wow. uh, yeah, he's, he's been really uh, active um with fashion circles so we just uh, we shot this campaign with them and uh the influencer's name is eden meyer so it's a guy that mm -hmm. has this really beautiful face uh and the pictures are full size uh in the vr space so you can um check around like the space and uh, see also the um, the outside of the, the store. Um, so basically you could imagine having this type of expo in the future, maybe geolocalize and seeing your outside surrounding uh, to be able to visit the space. Uh, we have quite a lot of plans in terms of innovation. So, and then of course we are working on the um, Asorga blockchain uh, where you'll be able to scan the QR code of our styles made in France and you can get the whole story of the bag where it was made. There's any like interesting stories, like for example, just recently we did the uh, Rome Film Festival. Uh, we had some Italian stars wear our bags. So you could see all the story of the bag and where they have been and uh is that available now it, it will be available in a couple of weeks yes it's a beautiful collection um natalie dion founder of tally paris thank you so much for joining me on the show good luck with the company thank you scott pleasure to be on your show thanks for listening to this episode of facing the giants please tell a friend about the show now that you know this show, go check out my other podcast, The Luxury Item. It's a podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the industry. You can find The Luxury Item wherever you found this podcast. Facing the Giants is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'll be back soon with another episode.